Hi, welcome back to Success Hangout with Sean David Onamusi. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I also want to appreciate those who send me messages via social media, personal phone calls, commenting about their thoughts on previous episodes. I am really, really grateful. Um, you, As you already know, and if you don't know, um, and you're just listening for the first time, Success Hangout really is my moment of uh, bringing great minds that I meet on a regular basis, whether as a public speaker or an entrepreneur, I get to have great conversations with people on a regular about Africa, about religion, about finance, about success, about life in general. And I, I started in 2020 um, with a vision to start to bring these conversations for you to listen to sort of like eavesdrop on my conversations with some of these great people so the last two episodes we've had victor taffa uh, talk about the power of choices and then last time we had didi alfred and her son jading um, who's a nine-year-old and has read 30 plus books every year for you know the last couple of years and now he's on a goal to reading 50 plus books this year in 2020 so i had to have a sit down with him and talk about you know his passion for reading so please do go back to previous podcasts and listen to it don't forget to subscribe and share and you know i really like the interaction so don't stop interacting with me okay uh, you can say it's my um the fact that i was the only child or i am the only child so i don't get a lot of interaction when i was a kid <laughs> so maybe it's me trying to make up for that moment so please do interact with me and all that long-winded introduction, I really want to introduce my guest today, um, but I think I'm not going to do a great job as she would, um, but I'm going to be talking to Nadine Baker today, um, and she's a woman that's self-sponsored herself on a project in Africa. We met in a, at an event recently, and I felt like, you know what, we have to have this conversation. Um, the stuff you did in Africa and you were self-sponsored, wow then i went on her instagram page and i saw the stuff she did and i can see genuine authenticity in the way she was doing her project she was not just another and uh, you know pardon me if you if you think this is a bit crude but she's not another white lady or light complexioned lady a woman going to africa and helping these people no no she was genuinely interested in their well-being you can see the authenticity and she's going to be telling her, telling us about her story um so let me shut up now and get nadine to do her own introduction hi nadine hi sean thanks for having me here i'm so happy to be here today to talk about africa Okay, fantastic. So I hope I didn't do a bad job with the introduction initially. Um, I felt like um, you would be in a better position to talk about yourself, what you do, um, your passion, maybe your age if you wanted to share, whatever it is. I felt like you would be better introducing yourself. So please do introduce yourself, Nadine. Okay, hi, my name is Nadine Baker and uh, I'm a young Lebanese woman. Um, I'm 23 years old, I studied economics and I recently completed my master's in economics development, um, soon to become um, uh, a wealth manager and um, so 
Uh, most importantly, I would say I'm passionate about Africa and um, about the continent, and I'm someone who is eternally optimist about Africa and what Africa has, and I'm certain that Africa can and will rise. Oh, I like that. So. There are a few things I can pick up from that conversation easily and could get, get, get us into different conversations. Um, but um, let's talk about your project, first of all, um, and then we'll come back to some of those points. Um, I have gone to your Instagram page. I've seen the authenticity, as I mentioned earlier on, that you bring to your project or that you brought to this uh, particular project um, I've seen that you were not just another uh, person um, trying to help this poor Africans that need our help you treated them like they had real stories so tell us more about that project yeah so first of all I went to Africa after having um, gone there um, as a young girl I went I used to go back and forth to Africa to visit my father and I would always ask myself, why is there this disparity between um, Africa and the Western world? And that's why I developed this passion for Africa. And then I went and I volunteered with African Impact in Tanzania for a teaching and development uh, project. Um, and then when I was 20 years old, I decided that I wanted to implement my own project, which was absolutely single-handed. And I um, traveled to Cameroon, where I implemented uh, an income, a sustainable income generation project and entrepreneurship skills in eight different remote villages. Wow. So what I wanted to do was to um, implement a transformation into the agricultural production in those villages okay. and work with those uh, people who live in the villages closely on ways they could save on their production cost but also add value to the final mm. product that they are producing so mm -hmm. for example instead of just selling the cassava as it is on the local markets uh, maybe transform this cassava into a different product that would certainly generate a higher income um, be more demanded in the market and help those villagers generate an income that will allow them to have and, and improve their living standards. Mm, wow. So I like, I like the sustainability element of what you're saying because um, sometimes we uh, embark on projects and we don't think sustainability. We tend to just uh, look for um, maybe sometimes uh, camera opportunities, you know, times to just say, well, we're doing the good. You know, we've ticked this up. It's in our bucket list. Uh, to go out to Africa and help this people. Uh, and this is the same whether you are African or non-African. You know, I know Africans will also have that mentality about Africa. So it's not just, you know, a an us versus them conversation. So I like the fact that you talk about sustainability. Tell us more about why you went down that route and not just uh, another project. Yeah, so... One thing that I think is very important when you want to do this kind of project is being very authentic and being present on the ground with the people there. So I went there for um, a full month and I discovered that the only way for, my, for, for me to have an impact and for them to really listen to me is to be there and integrate myself as much as I can to the way they live, to the, to the cultures that they have and the norms and conditions for my voice to be heard. So I just didn't want to be this lady who just had this idea, mm. but then to really have an impact, you wanted them to really accept you. So 
I had to integrate myself with their norms and their culture for my voice to be heard and for me to have an impact. And I decided that instead of just lecturing those people, I had to make it more of an exchange. I wanted everyone to participate and everyone to talk about their ideas. And, and we saw how someone's, um, uh, like, uh, someone's ideas would mm. complement someone else's limitations. And mm. it was very helpful. Okay. And what, what, with this kind of project, it was not only a lecture, but a lecture and an exchange, and also a practice where I asked those people to come, to come and, and talk about a new idea or a new product that they would be putting on the market. I saw that they have really uh, got, got the idea, mm -hmm. and that when I leave the villages, those people would still be um, taking everything that we learned mm -hmm. um, into consideration and really keep on um, working towards um, having better businesses and mm. leading better lives and mm. at the end of the, at the end of the project my main point was to make sure that they know that they should optimize on the opportunities that they have on hand mm. and that money is not the obstacle but it's mainly the idea that I generates like that. the money i like that so money is not the obstacle it's the idea that generates it you know it's it's so powerful because um what i'm hearing you say is that you wanted people to look beyond the limitations look beyond their environments to think outside the box and in the box in some cases uh, for solutions that are sustainable enough for them to grow so they can actually not only from your experience not only did you go there and do that you also notice that they had the ideas in the first place so how were you able to uh, sort of help them to develop those ideas because like you said they had those ideas but what were the additional points you know what were the pointers that you had to bring up for them uh, areas of developments that they needed to focus on what were the things that you did and the tactical and strategic stuff that you did as well yeah, so we started with the very basic thing. So when I went to the village, the main business there is about agriculture and it's the agriculture and manufacturing business. Mm -hmm. so first of all, I made sure that they are doing the plantation in the correct way. Mm -hmm. so everything is um, being done correctly because they only had two seasons and they had to really work hard in the times where they should be planting correctly. Mm -hmm. um, I also made sure that they understood the basics of accounting to make sure that at the end of the day they are generating profit. Mm. Um, I also made sure that uh, they, they start thinking more outside the box and instead of just taking those um, cassava and selling them on the local markets, mm -hmm. they should maybe uh, try to implement um, something different into mm. the final product and mm. what I did was to in my first uh, in the first village that I visited I took this cassava with uh, my mentor her name is Celestine she's an amazing woman and uh, we did some cassava crisps mm. to um, introduce the idea of a snack into the market and it would be something that many students who would go to those schools in the village would grab and take with them um, as a snack Mm. So I, I offered them those cassava chips that we did back uh, at home and they were like, did you get this product from Lebanon? And I'm like, no, this wow. is something that you have. So they thought that it was imported. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know that you actually took time out, cut, diced those cassavas mm -hmm. over time in your apartment and you started frying it to bring up the end product. So what was the initial, uh, 
apart from the surprise, what else did they say when they saw that? What was that initial response to what you had done? Um, was it surprise? Was it uh, bewilderment of some sorts? And, uh, and then what happened after that? Yeah, they were certainly, the word is surprise. They were astonished. Like, they, they, they did not really, it didn't really cross their mind that this product was mainly the product that they consume every day and it's the mm. staple food in Africa. Wow. And in uh, Cameroon, where I was. Mm. Wow. So they, it was a staple food. So it was something that they had in abundance. The land was, pro, was providing so much stuff for them, but they just didn't know where to add the value. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. And that's also something else that I was mainly focusing on. Mm. I was showing them that they have land. And mm. that's something that is not easily accessible or easily present in this vast amount um, in the Western world. And that mm. they should really use this land that they have in the most effective and efficient way. Wow. So use the land in the most efficient way. You know what, Nadine? Um, I know you and I can talk for a long time, but this was going to be a brief conversation with you about this. Um, so, um, like I mentioned to you before we started a podcast, um, we recently registered a foundation uh, in Africa called Redefine Africa Foundation. And our focus is um, predominantly on three pillars. First is personal development. Um, and then there is impact investment element. And then there's a nation building element to it. Now, from your conversation, from this conversation, I can see all three elements present. Uh, present. You developed their minds on personal development by talking about their businesses and saying, okay, you know what, you need to look at the value addition, look at things that you can do in your sort of like your processes that could, you know, better improve your condition. And then you, you know, you invested your money and your time and your resource, you know, to uh, to do a prototype, you know, to go out there, all of that, which is part of an impact investment element. And the last bit is you said, you know what, you guys, this is your land. You have the land is producing so much for you already. So embrace your land, which is, you know, that commandeering spirit that every African must have if they want to see the future. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, we can work together um, on the foundation some point in the future. That would be really great. Um, but tell us what your um, sort of like plans moving forward. I know you mentioned you're going into wealth management. Uh, how would that impact your ability to commit to doing the things that you do? Because you sound like it's very passionate and very dear to you. So how do you intend to manage that? Yeah, so I always say that no matter where I go in life and no matter where I will be working, I will always, always take the time to give back and mm. mainly do some service in Africa. I can't wait to also work with you, Sean, and also do something with mm. Redefine and also be part of it. Mm. Um, uh, even if I go into wealth man management, this does not mean that um, I'm going to stop giving back to Africa. And in fact, I do think that the whole investment management industry mm. today has a very important role in impact investing because at the end of the day it is gathering the very big amount of capital that is mm -hmm. present there and mm -hmm. I think that if they use it in a correct way mm. um, and if they follow some certain themes and, and uh, certain investing strategies mm -hmm. they could also be investing in projects that would not only bring returns to those 
wealthy investors, but also bring returns to some entrepreneurs and businesses that can also Fantastic. thrive. So I think that also being part of the wealth management industry is not only rewarding because you're just helping those investors and your clients, but it's also giving back. And I think it's a double reward. And I don't wow. think that going into wealth management will ever stop me from giving back and um, also doing more projects in Africa. That's amazing. I love, I love the double reward element. You know, um, as I always talk about success, you know, if you give to others, you know, you will be given back to. It's a, it's a double whammy, if you would call it that way, or it's a, it's a yin yang in that sense. There's, if you give, you come back. It's a reward. It's, it's a law. It's a principle that is in nature. And I love that fact that there's a double reward that you're talking about you're looking at leveraging your wealth management experience with your passion um, I'm hoping we will do another podcast where we can talk about that in detail and you know talk about other stuff because I feel there's so much that we can constantly talk about um, both for our listener who wants to start their own business or who are in full-time employment and but they're passionate about stuff as well so perhaps we might be able to have a conversation and share ideas on how to do that because um, we are in a generation now where we are multi-skilled multi-disciplined individuals and it's it's time to learn how to embrace that that you can be a in full-time employment but you can still leverage your full-time employment for your passion correct Correct, yeah. absolutely, and I can't wait to work and give back more and yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Nadine, thank you so much for your time. Um, I would let you go today. Um, and um, lastly, tell us what are your social media handles so they can follow you and hear your stories or maybe your LinkedIn, you know. Yeah, so my LinkedIn, it's uh, Nadine Yakub Baker and on Instagram, uh, Nadine Baker one. Fantastic. Yeah. So do follow Nadine and don't forget to follow myself. Uh, follow Success Hangout on Instagram is underscore success hangout. And you can also follow myself, which is S-H-E-U-N David Onomusi. Or you follow my other handle, which is still dapper, which is S-T-I-L-L-D-A-P-P-E-R. As you all know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I love what I do. I think life is there for the living. So as I would like to end today's podcast, remember to be inspired, live inspired and stay inspired. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.